I think I think there's there's something there. Um, um, you know, the, these battles have been going on for a lot for centuries. This is that just started. This has been going on a long time. I do know this 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 Hamas and uh, and uh, the other group. Um, they are um, they're determined to annihilate Israel. I mean that 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 is that is their purpose to annihilate Israel. Look, they want they want the land, and they want to drive they want to drive the Israelis out of that land. But that land belongs to Israel. It's given by God. It's God's land. It's right. It's not even their land. It's God's land, and it belongs to as an inheritance to the Jewish people. I don't think. Now I may be wrong. I don't think that Israel will ever abdicate again. They've lost that land several times. Not just one time. They've lost it several times and been driven out of that land. And I say that because I think we are just so close to the coming of the Lord that that, that, that Israel is there to stay. And Israel will never leave that land again. Now, that's my best take. That's my, my that's my best take. And but we need one of the things that I remember about my trip to Israel um, is our God. When, when when we ended the tour and we were getting ready to leave, one of the things He told us, He said, "Please, you Christian people." And He was a Christian too. He was a, He was a he was a Messianic Jew. And he said, when you get home, pray for the peace of Israel. That's one thing they want you to do is pray for the peace of Israel. Now, is Israel hands totally clean? No. And, and it, is, it is true. You know, these, these walls, like the Gaza Strip, I mean, they, the Israelis have gone in and... and and, and walled in these people you see on the um, what what is called the West Bank. Um, there there is I mean there is a wall that's erected that separates predominantly uh, Islamic uh, country of Jordan uh, from from Israel, and there, but there's a reason for that. Uh, Y'all remember the days? It still happens, but not at the frequency of of these uh, suicide bombers. That these men, women, and children would be strapped with bombs. They go into in, in, into Jerusalem and Israel, and they it, uh, detonate these bombs and blow themselves up. Well, the reason they built these walls was to keep that keep keep that out, and it it, it almost totally stopped that. And so Israel keeps a tight rein on those Islamist community, and they can't stand it. That, that, that's the, they, they, don't, they don't want those tight reins of it. They don't want to be ruled by Israel. But if Israel doesn't do that, you have what we got right now. And, it, it, and I, I don't know how. It, it's beyond me. Israelis' intelligence fails somewhere. For them to plan this kind of attack this long and nobody find out about it, from the Israeli regime. 
That, 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 that's just so hard, hard to fathom. So then that gives me pause. Okay, what's, what's that all about? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't have all the answers to it. Uh, but I just know we need to pray for the peace of Israel um, because that, that, that affects all of us. And, um, and, you know, in this country, you've got radicalized Islamic extremists. In, in your university, your university's college, in Congress, and um, who think that what uh, has happened, Israel deserves it. And they have no remorse over it. It reminds me what, the, 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 what, what we're looking at. It really does remind me of the Old Testament. You know, when, when, when God gave instructions to Israel to go in and annihilate, restore, you know, from, from, from our, that seems so, that seems so unbelievable. But that's exactly what these extremist groups want to do. They want to annihilate. And if Israel doesn't stand up to it, that's exactly what they will do. And, um, and, and, and I've said, that this is on the record, and I don't mean to be incompassionate or even ignorant, which I am ignorant about a lot of things. But, you know, those hostages that were taken is sad. And if I had a child or a loved one, that was, I, want, I want everything to be done to try to get them out of it. But in my opinion, but his opinion, who, who, who it, doesn't, it doesn't mean a spit in the wind. But in my opinion, Israel has no business negotiating hostage release. Or America either. Yeah. But you cannot dicker with the devil. You can't do it. And I think what they ought to do, now this is my opinion, this is my opinion. I think what they ought to do, they ought to say, they ought to say to the God that God's a strip. Okay. You got 24 hours. We're going to give you more time than you gave these people. It didn't take you 24 hours to take all these hostages. We're going to give you 24 hours. And if you don't release every one of them, then we are going to wipe you out. So you make your choice. There's not going to be any negotiations. Not going to be any negotiations for release. You either let them go or we're going to, we're, 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 we're going to flatten you right here. And, and, and Israel has the capability of doing it. They, they, they can do it. Now, I know that seems incompassionate. It seems unchristian. But I'm telling you, we're dealing, with, we're dealing with demonic forces here. And I know you can't fight the devil with flesh and blood. But you have to, you have, you have to fight with whatever warfare you got. Okay, that's my take. That's a, it, what if it's worth, it may not be worth nothing. And I may be totally wrong, but anyway, that's what that's, that's what's worth. So in, in, our, in our prayers, let's remember homecoming, let's remember um, uh, Israel and all of that. And, and really, those innocent people that are called in the middle on both sides, not just the Israelites, but the Muslim people as well. There's, there's innocent people that are not extremists. They're not out there to annihilate anybody. And, um, and so we need, to, we need to pray for both sides in, uh, in, in all of this. Uh, do you, does anyone have a, a prayer a prayer need uh, that you want to make mention of?
Is she still in the hospital? Or? Oh, she's on. She's on. young, very young. Amen. Anyone else have a, have a prayer need you want to mention here tonight? Let's, let's all join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings of this day and everything that this day has held for us. God, no matter what has been, good, bad, disturbing, not disturbing. Lord, whatever it is, Lord, we just give you praise and thanks for the day. And Father, Lord, as we, we, as we come here together, as we pray together, as we seek you together, Lord, we, we first ask, Lord, for our upcoming homecoming celebration. Lord Jesus, I pray, God, I pray, God, that you will just bless us in this day. Bless that day, God, and, and Lord, let it be a good day let it be a day, Lord, full of your glory, full of your praise, full of your honor. And, Lord Jesus, there may be souls here that, that will give their heart to you, refreshed, renewed, reconnections, Lord Jesus, whatever it is, God, that you want to accomplish to this day. Lord, just bless it, we pray. And, Father, Lord, I pray, God, that you will, Lord, bless Israel. God, and all that's going on there, Lord, there's a lot I don't understand. There's a lot I do not comprehend. There's uh, a lot that uh, you can listen to the news media, and, Lord, we have, to, we have to filter all of that. So, God, I just pray, Lord. I pray for the peace of Israel. I pray, God, that you will help them, Lord, in this conflict and these extremist uh, radicals that are, Lord, that are just, just, just bent on creating havoc, Lord, among among your people. Lord Jesus, you love Israel. And you love, Lord Jesus, you called Israel to be your own special people. Lord, not that we are not, but God, they were called from the beginning. And so, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you will just bless in this situation. Give wisdom, Lord, where wisdom is needed. Lord, protection where protection is needed. Lord, so many have already lost their lives. And Lord, reality probably tells us that many more lives will be lost. But God, I pray, Lord, in this, I pray that not only for the peace of Israel, I pray for the victory of Israel. For God, when your people are victorious, Lord, we're all victorious. And so God, we thank you for that. Lord Jesus, touch us tonight, bless us tonight, give us strength tonight, give us aid tonight. Lord Jesus, bless everyone that has come together. And Lord, I pray that you will just... Put your hand of mercy and grace upon all of us. And Lord, we will sing your praises and give glory unto you. For you are the great and the almighty and the everlasting God. Lord, in your precious and your holy name, we ask it. Amen and amen. Amen. A couple of things. You already know this, but I'm just going to rehearse again about homecoming. Remember, invite, invite, invite. Uh, we're, we're trying our best to have enough food. Uh, but uh, also, 
Uh, remember, uh, I, I haven't emphasized this like I should, but we're going to do a special homecoming offering, and that's going to go to help kind of replenish some of this money that we've had to spend out. We've had to spend a whole lot of money. If you, the letter, did everybody get a letter? Okay, okay, so good. And you saw in the letter, you know, we spent, we've spent over $100,000 uh, in the last five years in improvements. There's still a whole lot more improvements that need to be done uh, as well. So uh, just sacrificially, think about what you can give and to give sacrificially to this offering. So uh, whatever that is, sacrificial for you, maybe it's different from sacrificial for me, but give as liberally and give as graciously as you possibly can. Uh, thank you. Uh, Janie, you're my, you're my pastor outer, and I forgot to, <laughs> I got, I got distracted. <laughs> uh, this is, um, this, this is, uh, this is a new lesson. Uh, we were talking about, uh, walking, uh, living the spirit-filled life, walking in the spirit. And tonight, uh, what we're going to be dealing with is developing the spirit or a spirit of forgiveness. Mm. Woo, that's a that's a heavy that's that's a heavy subject. Uh, and you know what? I I I I just I'm just distracted every way I turn tonight. Lesson. <laughs> it's already started. <laughs> oh Lord, Okay, I think I think I think I'm ready. I think we've got it. Uh, so walking in the Spirit, developing the Spirit of forgiveness. Now, scriptural foundation for this is going to come out of Matthew chapter 18. Uh, uh, verses 15 through 22. Actually, it's going to be a little bit longer than that. But this is where we're going to start. Uh, so let's, let's, let's look at this and see what uh, this is. Uh, this is Jesus uh, giving a teaching here about forgiveness. He said, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take him I take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Let me stop here just a minute, because I'm not going to talk about this anywhere else. Uh, but, but this, I want you to notice that that's in, in, in a quote, a quotation marks, um, that, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Uh, in, 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 in a sense of capital punishment or capital crimes, according to the old Mosaic law, that no one be, could be charged with a capital crime. That is a crime that's worthy of death. Uh, murder was one of those. Uh, 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 rape was one of those. Um, adultery. My Lord, we wipe, we'd wipe out <laughs> about... 
a quarter or, or maybe three quarters of the, <laughs> of the population. We, we wouldn't have, a, <laughs> we wouldn't have a, a, a overpopulation problem anymore. Um, but anyway, but according to the law, nobody could be accused of a crime like that without the witness of two or three. That, now, that arcs back. You remember when Jesus was brought in the trial and they were having that really mock trial of Jesus and they were trying to find some accusation against him? They were having a problem finding two or three credible witnesses so they could bring a capital charge against him, a death sentence against him. And finally some ruthless guys who didn't care one, one way or the other, finally come into agreement with a false story, false narrative, and accused him. So, so this was part of the law. There had to be two or three witnesses in, in order to accuse someone legitimately. He said, now, if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. This is the first time. I'm going to give you all these little things that you really don't care. It's tri- trivia. This is the first time in the Gospels that the church itself is actually, the word is used. Now, remember that when when, when this was happening, the church had not been given birth yet. The church was not given birth until um, Acts chapter 2. After the crucifixion and and burial and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ, that the church was even given birth. But in this instant, and, and, and Mark, remember, uh, or probably, uh, Matthew is writing after the fact. So in this case, he uses the word church, ecclesia, the assembly or the called out ones. And so, uh, so this is the first time in the gospel, and the only time in the gospel the word church is used. He said, but if he refuses even to hear the church, let him, let, uh, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Surely, now, now that, that, was, that was really the model, and still, even in the, our new bylaws, we've adopted this model of church discipline. That you first, go, you first deal with the issue privately. If it can't be dealt with privately, then you carry two or three with you to confront the individual. And if they will not hear that, if we, they will still will not, uh, not, not, not comply, then you bring them to the church for discipline. And so it's really a threefold process. That is here. Okay. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they may ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now, I I want you to notice. Let me go back here. and These two verses here are, are are just important. So often, this is a passage of Scripture that is taken out of its context. 
I'll be the first to tell you, I don't understand all of this. I don't understand. I've heard, ever since I've been a Christian, I've heard people talking about loosening and binding. Whatever you, 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 you loosen on earth, uh, and it's already been loosed in heaven, you can ask what you will, and it'll be done for you, and, and all that. And I think a lot of this is being taken out of context. I, you know, I think some people's lose some things. They better, they, they've been better off kept tied up. <laughs> and, and they bound some things they ought to have loosed. Um, now, again, that, that's maybe my, just my skepticism and cynicism. But I want you to think about this, what he's saying in the context of what is being written. What is he talking about? He's talking about discipline. He's talking about uh, uh, conflict in the confines of the church, how to deal with this conflict. I don't think he's just throwing this in. Oh, by the way, binding and loosening. I think it all ties together. There's something about this binding and loosening that has to go back to proper and proper behavior in the confines of the church. I can't tell you all, all, all it means, but I, 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 we, I don't think we ever need to lose sight of that because that is so important. So again, if any, if, if I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by the Father in heaven. Now look, you know, me and Cheryl, I'm just using it. We could come together and agree on anything in the world. But just because we agree on it, there's another element here that's important that I think is missed in all of this. Maybe we got it wrong. Have you ever thought about that? Well, it's a possibility. It's a, it is a... It is yeah, a it's a rare it may I, that right? I just can't imagine it be a common a common occurrence, but we could get it wrong, and so therefore, just because and like Judah, uh, we, we agree God's going to heal you. There, there's, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But at the same time, what about the will of God? If everybody, oh, not, but a lot of people miss that. Yeah. They miss that. And, and, and I, and I, that, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. We just don't get everything that we ask for. And that's a good thing. That is a wonderful thing. I, I, and, 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 um, and let me just let me just make note of it. And I am not, and, and I hope you don't hear this, and I, I, I and because I don't want to be perceived to be in, in a wrong way. Uh, Brother Jerome Pope, I've, I've given requests for his son. Well, while we were in Alaska, his son died, and and he was so Jerome. And the day's first time I said I felt so bad that we couldn't be there, but we were in Alaska, so you know we couldn't get back. But um, but he, because we, he meets with us most every Wednesday. We have this prayer group. He's part of that prayer group. And our prayer, I mean, he, he told us again and again, I know God's going to raise him up. I know he's going to walk down the aisles of our church and he's going to stand in that pulpit. He's going to give a testimony. 
And he said it this morning. He said, I believe with everything in me that God was going to raise him. I really, and everything in me. Now, there was nothing wrong with him believing that. There was nothing wrong with him having that kind of faith. But I think, again, it demonstrates just because we say it doesn't always make it happen. You've got to factor in what is the will of God. What is the plan of God? What is the purpose of God? Just because I want it to happen don't necessarily mean. Now, I will say to his, to his, to his, to his credit, He's still got a wonderful attitude. He's not angry. He's not mad with God. He is not fighting God. He is not cursing God. You know, so he, he has a great attitude about it. But again, just, just because we bind together, and we prayed, we prayed with him. We were believing with him. Even though I have to say, I've got a little, I, I'm, I'm too skeptical. I, I know that. I mean, I'm listening to what he's telling me. I'm listening to what the doctors are telling them. I'm listening to all of these things. And I'm, 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 I'm hearing a man who has eaten up with cancer. That's what I'm hearing. And for him to be, for him to get, to be raised up, it's going to be a, it's going to be a true act of God. But it's easier for me to, to see that. That when you, that, that's right. When you, when you, when you're in it, and I said, I just, I told him, I can't imagine. I don't know what it feels like to have a child to die. So, anyway, but you understand what I'm saying? I, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to teach you truth here, and I'm not trying to, you know, listen because faith and belief goes a long way. It goes a long way. It makes him feel better. It makes him feel better. But that's right, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think God, hey, God's bigger than all of our unbelief and all of our getting it wrong. You know, he said, okay, for where two or three are gathered in my name. How many times have we ever used that statement? Are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now, not all of this about God in, his, in the presence of God and these two or three witnesses is all in this context of people getting along with one another. And you just need to keep that in mind. It's in, in this general context. Then Peter, now, now notice here. Now this is very familiar. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often sh- shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Now I'm not going to stop, stop your commentary. I got a little more we're going to deal with. It. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Now, this brings to the first question. What is the single most important key to living the Christian life? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. You remember, you remember what Jesus, and I, this is, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but that's okay. You remember in the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Forgive us our debts. That's sometimes the way it's translated, or forgive us our sins or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who sin against us or trespass against us. And then at the end of that, in, in, in one of the Gospels, I think it's Matthew, he adds an addendum to that. In, in essence, 
if you do not forgive your brother who has sinned against you, neither will my Father in heaven forgive you. That, that's how important forgiveness is. It's the, it's the foundation of our own spiritual houses. So forgiveness is an all-important element of the Christian life. That's exactly right. It's not admitting that, that whoever's wronged you is right. It's just simply say, you are not going to hold me hostage. That's what forgiveness says. That's, that's right. Right. As long as I learn to forgive, then you can, you are, I am not held hostage by you. As long as I harbor it and have it, and it's hard. You know, it is hard when somebody's been, been I mean, just, I mean, I'm, it's hard. You know, I, I don't have any to tell you. That's just hard. But it's essential. It's important. And I do think there's a lot of people in church have never learned forgiveness. That's right. And I'm talking about an undesirable squatter that eats all your food, messes up everything, because they're always there antagonizing. Good analogy. Not a thing. Not a thing. So, forgiveness. Now, the question, we've already seen it. What question did Peter ask that reflected his ignorance of true forgiveness? Now we go back. Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Now, in, in, in rabbinical teachings, the rabbis taught that you're, you're supposed to forgive someone up to three times. I don't know what you do after that. But up to three times. That is a rabbinical law. Now, some people surmise that what Peter is doing, he, he, is, he is just about doubling what the law says. Not just four times, but how about seven times? Forgive twice of what the law says we aren't to forgive. And so Peter's feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good about himself. You know, so he's really, in, 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 in essence, the way you, way you see this, the way, you, way we look at this, is that Peter's not asking the Lord a question. He frames it as a question. He's making a statement. He's trying to demonstrate to the Lord, Lord, I get it. I understand. I got it this time, Lord. I understand what you mean. I, un I understand this forgiveness thing, Lord. So, so he's feeling really full of himself. So, Lord, how many times should I forgive him? Seven times? <laughs> but then, then, then Jesus bust his little bubble. So how did Jesus respond to Peter's question? We, 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 we know that. In essence, he said, not seven times, but 70 times seven. 
Now, someone, someone said, uh, in some of the literature I read, someone said that by the time, if you forgive somebody 490 times, by, by, the, by the time you get to the 490 time of forgiving, then you truly have this sense of you have forgiven them. Now, I don't know if that's true. So I reduced it down to this one statement. One must learn to forgive repeatedly. It's not just often a just one-time deal. Sometimes, especially I think in, in the most horrendous cases, you have to say it again, I forgive you. I forgive you. And if you're offended again, I forgive you. Um, isn't that what Jesus did for us? Can you imagine if we, if we approach forgiveness, or if, no, let, me, let, me, let me reverse that. If Jesus approached forgiveness the way we do, we do. That's right. We're doomed. <laughs> for, uh, for, for in, in some cases, we, we would just be doomed. Now, so with that, uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go beyond what I've just read. What parable did Jesus give to his disciples to demonstrate to them the true essence of forgiveness? And what does this parable teach about forgiveness? The parable is what has been, now that is, that's, it's not listed in the scriptures this way, but it's been, been called by scholars and people who know or in the know, uh, the unmerciful servant. And so let's, let's look at that. that. That starts with verse 22 through 35. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Now notice again, here, Almost all the parables, not, not every one of them, but almost all the parables started with this, therefore, or the kingdom of God is like. Remember what we said a parable is. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So it's something very commonplace that a spiritual application is applied to. So, here's this king who brings his servants into account. And when he began to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, some have estimated this to be upwards into the millions of dollars. Literally, what happened, this guy was embezzling. He was embezzling funds. Thank God, only, well, I was seeing that I've never had to do, but I did. I had to deal with that one time in, in my ministry. Mm. That, that is bad. Cynthia, keep your nose clean. That's just, it was not Cynthia. It was not. I trust Cynthia. But, I mean, she's a treasure. I mean, you got you to look at her. Um, but I, I, I hope I, I hope I never have to deal with that again. That that of, of, of taking money from the church, uh, but I had to deal with it. So, but as he was about, uh, but as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. 
I mean, I was just thinking, if you steal upwards to a million or so dollars, what in the world you do? You ought to have some of it left. <laughs> you know, he was living the high life. Whatever the high life was, he was living the high life. That, that's right. That's right. The servant, therefore, fell down before the king, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will repay you all. Which, that won't will happen. Then the master of that servant was moved with what? Compassion. Released him and forgave him the debt. Sure, that's a big thing. But that servant went out and found, found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Just a, a draw, just a, just a little itty bit compared to what this man had embezzled. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, "Pay me what you owe." Now, just think about it. Here he has just been given this humongous debt, and evidently he's penniless. But it didn't change. It may have changed his standing with the king, but it changed his heart. His heart had not been been changed one bit in this sin. So his fellow servant, servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have what? Patience with me, and I will pay you all. The same plea that he had with the king. And he would not. But he went and threw him into prison till he should pay his debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt. Because you beg me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the tortures until he should pay all that was due him. I, I, I bet he started finding some, <laughs> some stash somewhere. No, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm... Uh, now, notice Jesus' commentary. This is Jesus' commentary on this parable. So my heavenly Father also will do to you, to each of you, from his heart, to do, let me say, will, also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. That was Jesus. Commentary. If you don't learn to forgive, then you're going to get what you deserve. Mm. 
I know it's sober. So, what relationships in a Christian's life are affected by the spirit of unforgiveness? There's a lot, but we're going to isolate it down just to all that's right. First of all, it affects one's relationship with God. I don't think so. I, I, I re, now that 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 is my assessment, but I don't think so. If you're harboring that kind of unforgiveness, I I, I don't think so, because and well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let me go ahead and say it. But what I found unforgiveness does for me, look, I'm, I'm I've been guilty too. I've I've harbored things, and it's it's hard to let some things go. But what I've discovered, it just makes you bitter. It just makes you bitter. Bitter with God. Bitter with your family. Bitter with your friends. You're just bitter. Bad. So, so it's fixed one's relationship with God. Matthew chapter 6. For if you forgive men, now this is this addendum I was talking about. We come back to it, got ahead of myself. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Luke chapter 6. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Hmm. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. I noticed that was a, uh, in, in Gail's... Um, program, uh, Gail Norton, her, her program for a funeral, that scripture was included in there. It also affects our one's relationship with other Christians. So if you know if it affects your relationship with God, it can affect your relationship with, with, with other people in the, in the church family. Luke chapter 17, take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. Ooh. Now, that's strong language, isn't it? If your brother sins against it. Now, rebuke him, that means call him into question. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Now, that's a tall order. After a while, I said, look now. I ain't God. 
<laughs> oh, I, just, I just like to be real in these situations, you know. But it also affects one's relationship with oneself, with you. See, that's the, that's the worst part about forgiveness, uh, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness rarely, if ever, affects the person you're carrying the thought against. It's wasted energy. Because you're, the, you're, you're always going to be the loser. Always. Always going to be the loser. I can't forgive. I won't forgive. I will not. Well, just die a bitter person. That's what you're going to do. Yeah, I guess. And you know, and that that that's a that's a that's that's a that's a good point. It's not a good statement, but it's a good point. No, God gave us wonderful brains, and there's very little we ever forget. There is nothing in any of this. The only one that there is a reference to forgetting of our sins is with Jesus Christ, God Almighty. And he don't even forget them. If he's God, he can't forget them. And you know, so it 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 is it is it is hard. Yeah, that's right. And 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 I and I I I feel your pain. I think probably all of us have had something different, but that kind of thing has been done to you. And um, you know, I I I found that. You have to do what you feel like you have to do. But I, I always, I always found that in the end, if you'll take the high road, you, you will be the better man in taking the high road. Right. Well, you know, but if you ever come face to face, stick your hand out. Stick your hand out, not your fist. Stick your hand out. And, and you know, and, 
And, and in, in that way, you're taking the high road. Because um, for you, he'd probably love for you to hit him. Just to demonstrate what, you know, you ain't, you ain't what you claim to be. You know, and. And that, and, and, and not doing work for him or work with him or getting another business relationship with him, that's not an issue of unforgiveness. You know, it's just like somebody said, I'll forgive you, but I won't go on vacation with you. Right, 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 right. Exactly. But, but, but I could tell him... To, Right, but I can tell you, I forgive you, but what you did is not right. And you won't ever prosper until you make it right. Yeah. No, no, no. As my mama used to say, there's a payday someday. I know that's not original my mama, but as what she used to say, there's a payday someday. And... um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that's right. Because you can't, you know, you just, it, it, it'll eat you alive. It, it, it'll, it'll literally eat you alive. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. That, that's a strong person. Yeah. 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 That's a strong person. And, you know, and I think, you know, I can teach all this stuff when it comes down to, <laughs> you know, I'm just like you. I struggle with it, too. That's right. That's right. And so you just have to, just have to work through it. But I've all, again, I just always try to take the high road. You don't have to speak to me, but I'll speak to you. You don't have to acknowledge me, but I'll try to acknowledge you. You can turn your head, and go the other way, but that's you. I don't. I don't. I don't have to. I don't have to do that. And um, and so it, it take God knows. I uh, I remember I was I dealt with. Um, with, with, with someone, and and, um, and and it was a hard, it was it was a hard thing. I mean, this is someone who was a superior over me, in a, in, a, in a spiritual sense. But he was wrong, and um, and I sat down and I, I I outlined, and and I told him, I said, you know, we we ended. I, I told him, I said, anyway, I have offended you. I ask forgiveness. But it didn't negate his wrong. And you know, you know his, his response, what he told me? He pulled a scripture on me. He said, be careful how you judge, brother. For the measure you judge, it will be met out to you again. He, he, he owned up to nothing. He didn't admit any fault in any way. And I see it. I speak to him. And he's just waiting 
for me to grapple at his feet and tell him how wrong I was. But when you know you're right, you know you're right. And I wish the man no harm at all, none. And I'd, I'd, I'd help him on the side of the road. I'd, I'd, I'd give him a shirt off my back. That's what it took. But it don't change the situation. So forgiveness doesn't always change the situation. It don't change the offense. All it does is change you. <laughs> it releases you from it. That's it. Okay, so notice he said, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Uh, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root, now you notice I said bitterness, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this become defiled. That root of bitterness. That's what I'm talking Unforgiveness just causes you to be bitter. That's all it does. From where does genuine human forgiveness come? Come, I'm sorry. Well, we saw it in, this, in, in the previous scripture. Again, verse 35. So my father... So my heavenly Father will also do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. It's got to be more than just saying, I forgive you, but I'll hate you to the day I die. <laughs> it's got to be genuine. It's got to be a genuine sense of forgiveness. Because, look, you can't, you, 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 you can't, you can't, you can't make it. I don't think you can make it in the presence of God if you just hate. You can just dislike. It's the difference between disliking and just hating somebody. So anyway, how should we forgive one another? Oh, Lord. Let me, let me say this very, very quickly. Therefore, is the let to God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, Kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ also forgave you, so you must do so. We forgive as Christ forgives in the same way. What keeps most Christians from experiencing the fullness of forgiveness? Pride. And the last time I checked the record... Pride is a sin. It'll send you to hell. That's right. Pride will send you to hell. Now, I know, this, I know this is tough stuff. I understand. But forgiveness is such an important part of walking in the Spirit and becoming a Spirit-filled believer. Amen? Amen. Any questions? Snide comments? God bless you. Thank you for coming. Hope to see you Sunday. And uh, we're going to have praise and team practice right after this. Uh, so God bless you all. And God go with you. His favor shine upon you. Amen.